up, everything? As you probably guessed from our unannounced hiatus, our dear Ian has welcomed his first child into the world, a healthy son named Matthew. Now, leaving aside for the moment the moral, geopolitical, and eschatological consequences of that news, that leaves the Two Guys One Cup podcast without one of the guys. Who knows what that means? But for now, I'll go solo as I guide you through the Blues' first few games and some of the top stories from around the NHL. There's a lot to cover, and I'm just one person, so let's get started and let's figure it out from there. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys, One Cup podcast. Tonight, it is the One Guy, One Cup podcast. I am here all by myself because Ian has decided to become an adult and take on responsibilities that were not in our podcast covenant. They were not agreed to by both co-hosts of this show, and they will, quite frankly, be discussed in a court of law at a future date. But this is not the time or the place to air publicly my grievances against Ian's or the decisions that he might have made. I will not be doing that. I will not be spending this whole episode talking about how completely reprehensible it was for Ian to have a child when the Blues season was just about to start. We won't go there. We're going to have a calm, polite discussion. It's about 12.30 in the morning here in Jacksonville. I'm very tired. It's been a long day, but I've been meaning to record this episode for all you gremlins out there uh, for a couple of days now. So here we are. The Blues sit at uh, 1, 1, and, or no, 2, 1, and 1 on the season. I was trying to recall from memory, and my memory failed me after uh, by far their best game so far against the Pittsburgh Penguins today. Two goals from Brandon Saad and uh, Jake Neighbors' first goal of the season. I believe just of the season. I'm pretty sure he had a few last year, but um, definitely their best game coming on the heels of their worst game so far. Um, It's been an interesting start to the season, I would say. The Blues, of course, went to a shootout in both of their first two games, losing to Dallas 2-1, beating Seattle 2-1. Very interesting performances, really. Jordan Bennington has been uh, sensational so far. Probably, I would say, the biggest positive on the young season has been the play of Jordan Bennington. Uh, He's played three games and allowed four goals, and um, you know most of those goals were uh, pretty fluky, I would say at best. Um, he uh, the one today, I, I didn't actually see the second goal, but I know that the first goal uh, was the one that came when the Blues had had a very good power play, and then uh, Malkin came out of the penalty box and just got it completely wide open breakaway, and uh, of course you can't expect a goalie to save that, um, so. Um, you know, it wasn't wasn't anything Bennington could do about that. Currently, according to uh, Hockey Reference, I believe this is before this is before tonight's game. Uh, Bennington led the league in save percentage and goals against average, as well as adjusted goals against average. So, um, a two game sample size is problematic to be sure. But 
Uh, you really got to you got to give him credit. He talked about wanting to play a different game this year, maturing and being better, and all that good stuff. And um, three game sample size again, not enough to prove uh, that he is not the goalie he has been for the past two seasons, but. Um, a healthy and in the right mind and effective Jordan Bennington is probably about the best thing that could possibly happen for this franchise. So that's pretty exciting to see. The defense definitely looks improved. Colton Pareko especially, I would say, looks improved and promising. That's exciting to see. Um, not going to get my hopes up too much on that front or on the Bennington front until we have some uh, extensive proof there, but um, Pareko has looked good. He scored the slap shot goal today. He actually hit the net, as one of my friends texted me. Uh, a shocking uh, occurrence if I've ever seen one, but Pareko has been skating really fast. Uh, he's been playing really well. Um, I cannot say the same for Marcus Gandela and Nick Letty, who are clearly you know, bringing the defense down pretty considerably with their play. That Letty contract, man. Whew. I mean, this Scandella one too, but that at least is going to be over after this season. Uh, that Letty contract is real bad, and it was obviously real bad when we signed it. Shame on those of you who decided to make apologies for it and say that it might not be as bad as it looked. It was as bad as it looked. It might even be worse. Um, he has not been good. Uh, but I say overall the Blues have been... Uh, uh, interesting to watch, I'd say. They certainly weren't the... They certainly haven't been the uh, f- high firepower, uh, poor defense, poor goaltending team we thought they would be. Uh, if anything, they've been kind of the reser- reverse. Pretty good defense, pretty good goaltending. Uh, offense not clicking yet. And um, I think we just have to hope that if the offense can start to click like they did tonight, that doesn't mean that we sacrifice the defensive side of things, uh, which we didn't tonight, and everything worked out really well, and everything was really positive there. Um, so hopefully that good news keeps up. Uh, of course, we had the Buchnevich injury um, that uh, he's been out for a couple of games. Hopefully he will be back soon, um, but uh, that news is uh, disappointing. You want to see him healthy, uh, but if the team can withstand a couple of these games without him, then hopefully he'll be back in the lineup as well. Uh, I'm not going to go super deep uh, on that or really on anything because it's just me and uh, I'm boring. So, you know, that's my overall blues takes. If I think of a couple more things to throw out, I'll throw them out here. Um, But that's the headline news there. A couple more headlines and stories I wanted to talk about uh, before wrapping up this certainly shorter episode of the podcast. Uh, The Blues announced their 2024 Hall of Fame class earlier this week and um, pretty pretty chalky entries in Pavel Dimitra, Keith Kachuk, and Mike Liute. I'm sure nobody listening to this probably needs much of an introduction to any of those guys. Uh, Maybe Liute being a little bit of the outlier in terms of what uh, modern fans are familiar with. But Pavel Dimitra, of course, played eight seasons here with the Blues. Each of those eight seasons, the Blues went to the playoffs. He was, I believe he had 594 games and 590, or sorry, 494 games and 494 
493 points in those games. That would have sounded really impressive if I could have rattled that off from memory uh, successfully, but of course I butchered it. Uh, but I was uh, remembering that from an article I wrote about the Boys Hall of Fame last night uh, that will be up on the Hockey Writers tomorrow. You want to check that out? You know, all that stuff tooting my own horn. But anyway, um, Pavel Dimitra, one of my favorite players ever, uh, tra- tragically lost his life in the locomotive Yaroslavl plane crash in the KHL in 2011, uh, which I saw the other day happened on like September 7th, um, which I don't know why that just struck me as kind of haunting. There should be uh, no more plane incidents on that part of September as far as I'm concerned. Um, but in any case, uh, the the off on the ice stuff, certainly enough to get... Uh, Pavel Dimitra in the Hall of Fame. He was a fantastic player and um, had a great relationship with Keith Kachuk, who also goes into the Hall of Fame. Keith Kachuk, of course, needs no introduction to anyone here, still very much a part of the organization, probably best known today as the father of Brady and Matthew Kachuk, who are both superstars in their own rights. Um, They got to break the news to their dad, which was a cool video if you haven't seen that uh, going around. I just learned from... Um, the uh, from uh, a hockey reference that apparently Tom Fitzgerald is Keith Kachuk's cousin. Um, I, th- I assume that's Tom Fitzgerald who GMs the uh, New Jersey Devils, if I had to guess, but uh, I will confirm that. Looks like it is. Um, so that's random. But I know uh, I know that uh, Ke- uh, Kevin Hayes also a re- relative of Keith Kachuk, so. Uh, he has a big extended hockey family and a big legacy with the Blues. He played 543 games here, scored 208 goals, 427 points. Uh, one of, I believe, three Blues players with over 400 points and 600 penalty minutes in his career. Uh, the team went to the postseason, I would assume, most of the years he was here from 2000 to 2004 and then in 2008 09. Um, he played a big role in some of those great teams. Blues had so much talent in that uh, era of the late 90s and early 2000s, and a lot of those guys went into the Hall of Fame in the inaugural class last year, and Kachuk and Demetra are the last couple guys. Well, Pierre Turgeon hasn't been honored yet, and he is going into the Hockey Hall of Fame this year, so he might be another name on that list soon enough. Um, but those two guys, Demetra and Kachuk, are certainly deserving and uh, had a really close friendship, so it meant a lot to Kachuk to go in alongside Demetra. Uh, so that'll be cool to see at the ceremony. Mike Liut uh, from a different era. He was the goalie for the Blues in the first half of the 1980s, and I would say pretty inarguably the best goalie in Blues history. I mean, obviously, you take that with a grain of salt because there are guys like Curtis Joseph and Martin Brodeur in Blues history, but I'm talking about their career with the Blues. Aliut leads the team, I think, in several key categories. Let me look that up. Um, but one of the other things Mike Liut does is lead all NHL goalies in the 1980s and I think wins, um, saves, and uh, shutouts. He had 25 shutouts in the 80s, which is uh, was impressive back then. And he leads the Blues and wins with 151 um, he has the most saves and shots against as a goaltender for the Blues, the most minutes played for the Blues, um, 
So, yeah, certainly arguably the best goalie in Blues history, uh, arguably the best goalie of the 1980s, uh, which is, of course, not in the era associated with great, great goaltending, but still you've got to have You've got to do something to be the best of the bunch, and he was definitely up there. Um, former agent as well. I, I was trying to look up his clients recently. It looks like maybe he doesn't have any active, although that could just be bad websites. But he was Vladimir Tarasenko's agent for a long time where t- while Tarasenko was in St. Louis. Um, just a, a big presence uh, in the NHL history and a Blues history and certainly worthy of going into the Hall of Fame. So those are the three guys that went in this year. Very curious to look forward and see who goes in next year. Um, you've got some guys like Adam Oates, uh, David Backus is certainly a name. You'd have to consider pretty soon Barrett Jackman possibly too. Um, Alexander Steen, another name that you might consider putting in there. Pierre Turgeon, I mentioned. Um, one name that I think, I, I don't know if he's retired yet, so I wouldn't think they'd consider him until he had retired, but I certainly think that uh, Brian Elliott deserves some consideration for Blues Hall of Fame. Uh, as good as he was for his time here, as big an impact as he made on the team, uh, that'll be, that was, you know, that'll be huge for him, and I definitely think he deserves it. It'll be interesting to see how they pursue kind of those those younger people, um, the David Backuses and and Alex Steens of the world. You know, Patrick Bergwin, T.J. Oshie when he retires, those guys. Um, some of them will get in, and some of them won't. But it's interesting to see think about how soon they'll allow some of those people in, um, because uh, you know they have uh, various. Tenures and various accomplishments, but a lot of those guys deserve it. And if they're doing three a season, uh, as they have, well, they did a ton last season, and then they did three this season. If they keep doing three, uh, then they are going to have you know quite a few opportunities to induct some of those guys pretty pretty soon. So cool for those guys as well. Um, wanted to talk briefly about the NHL draft story that went around, just because I found it really amusing. The, uh, there was a lot of hubbub this week about the NHL reaching out to the teams uh, about potentially decentralizing the draft, having it like the NFL and the NBA does, where the teams have representatives maybe at the draft, but they have war rooms in their home cities, and then the, the centralized draft location is just kind of for the players and the NHL uh, officials and that kind of thing. Um I don't know that I want that or that that's a good thing, but I just thought the uh, outrage about it was hilarious, especially from the people who, um, I don't mean to throw Scott Wheeler under the bus because he uh, is a great reporter and, and great prospect expert in many, many ways, but there were people like him who were just like, you can't change the NHL draft because it's a perfect TV product. And that just made me think, I don't think you've watched the NHL draft ever. You know, and and more power to you. You have to cover the NHL draft, and you get to do it live. So of course, you haven't watched the full three and a half hour first round presentation on TV. But uh, it is a slog to get through, and part of the reason it's a slog is because every time there's a draft pick, they have to send. 85 old white men up from each individual team so that they can thank the host city and congratulate the Stanley Cup winners and butcher the name of their pick. Um, there's some fun, obviously, the, the analysis of the players is cool. Seeing the players walk up and get picked is cool. Seeing the parents uh, and the families, especially that the one pair of 
parents that uh, really went after each other when their son was drafted. That stuff is all fun. Um, the trades, obviously, when those happen, haven't been as many of those, but when those happen in Break Live, those are very fun. Um, but And the live crowd... Excuse me. Uh, it was great, especially you know when they're when there's host city like the last couple of years. The host city has gotten a few picks and gotten to do some things. Um, those were always fun. But to call the NHL draft a TV product that cannot be improved in any way, or to call it electric, as I believe Wheeler said, or some of those things, very, 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 very laughable to me. Um, so that was one thing I wanted to cover. And then the last story I wanted to touch on, uh, our boy Dollar Bill Dvorsky, uh, of course, Dalibor Dvorsky, whose name we will never pronounce uh, on this podcast correctly, other than to prove that we can do it, and we're calling him Dollar Bill on purpose. Um, he was uh, recalled or transferred, I don't know what the proper terminology is, from the Swedish professional team that he had been assigned to in Europe. He got very little playing time there, um, and he uh, went to play in the OHL with the Sudbury Wolves, which is the team that drafted his rights in the second round a few seasons ago. And um, uh, what I really wanted to talk about with this is just some of the shock and outrage and disappointment at this news. Um, I, I don't know where people get so frustrated or, or just so convinced that they're right about stuff like this. Uh, a lot of people were just like, well, he's already bust, or, you know, oh, this is terrible. This is pretty normal. Um, European clubs uh, are not developmental leagues. They're professional leagues, and their biggest concern has to be winning, not necessarily giving minutes to 18-year-olds. Um, obviously, you know, there's the counter-argument, yeah, well, if he was good enough, he'd be one of the best players in the lineup, and that's true, but he's 18 playing amongst full-grown men, and he's got a lot of growing and maturing to do, and that's what you expect when you draft someone at 10th overall. Um, he went to uh, uh, he went to Sudbury and got a goal in his first game and then got a match penalty tonight for slew footing, uh, so he certainly had an eventful time there, um, but, you know, Dollar Bill is going to be fine. Um, he is a future uh, talent that I think uh, Blues fans will be very happy about having drafted. And, you know, just chill, guys. It's going to be okay. Um, it's The season is, is already off to a much better start if we just kind of bury that, um, uh, bury that uh, whatever game, the Arizona game, in uh, the back of our memories. It's been a very good start to the season. There's a lot to be positive about. So just, you know, chill out, be happy. Um, Jimmy Snuggerud also just absolutely beasting in NCAA. Could be a Hobie Baker contender this season. Five goals and two assists in his first three games um, and uh, was first star of the week in the NCAA, or been, excuse me, in the Big Ten this uh, week. So, um, you know, I think he could be certainly a, a player to watch as a potential Hobie Baker finalist, and I definitely think that he will be Yet another player the Blues have drafted in the mid-first round to um, to you know become a, a breakout star and a potential 
real big difference maker for the Blues. So the future is bright. The present is less painful than we thought. Um, things are pretty good. So uh, I don't have a lot more to say. And I will be honest with you. I don't know what the short-term future of this podcast is. It's possible I'll do more, more solo updates like this and just have shorter episodes. It's possible I'll have a guest on. Um, it's possible that you don't hear from me until Ian's back, which will be several weeks. Uh, I don't know. You can let us know on Twitter. We say that a lot, and then no one tweets at us, and it's quite sad. So um, if you're listening to this, let us know what you'd like us to do, what you'd like me to do, because Ian is going to be doing nothing uh, except watch his wife work very hard to raise and care for a baby that he brought into the world, uh, because that's the kind of low-down degenerate Ian really is. Uh, but no, I'm kidding. We love Ian. Uh, congratulations to him and Arlene. We're very excited to welcome another Cuphead into the family. Um, and we'll be back. I will be back uh, before long, even if it, it takes until we wait until Ian's returned. Uh, it won't be too long. And uh, we'll talk more blues hockey. We'll talk more NHL hockey. But again, if you want me to go on with these one-man podcasts, let me know. I'll... I'll do anything for you nut jobs, but uh, until we meet again, congratulations on the Blues going to one and one Congratulations on Ian welcoming uh, life into this world, and congratulations to all of you on your biggest success this week, uh, because we know that you're doing something great out there, and we're real proud of you. So uh, have a great night, have a wonderful weekend, and... Uh, Go high five a uh, picture of David Perron somewhere. Good night. A lonely day.